mom happy? Uh, me playing with him. When we help her clean the house. When she sees me win something. When I be nice to my brothers and sisters. Clean the room. Whenever I hug her. What makes your mom mad? I don't go to bed. Not cleaning my room and not doing stuff that she's told me to do. When my dad says he's going to do something, but he never does it. Burning yourself on the oven. What is something your mom does every day? Uh, reads her Bible. Um, watches TV. Cleans. Uh, clean. Cleaning the house. My mom always cleans the house. Sometimes washes the dishes. What is something your mom always says to you? Be good to your friends. She usually says, clean up my room. How was your day whenever I get home from school? She says, she loves me. I love you. How old is your mom? 61. Uh, she's 30. 21. I think she's 60. <laughs> she's like this month, but now she turned like this month. So she's zero. What is your mom's favorite thing to do? Read. Play with me. Spend time with us. Color. Shout with me. Hang out with me. Um, go to church. What is your mom's favorite place to go? To me town, The spa. To my cousin's house. Starbucks. The church. How are you and your mom the same? We both have tan skin. Both of our favorite colors are red. Well, we both like to read. We both have freckles. Um, mommy has two eyes that that matches one eye of me because um, I have two colored eyes as my daddy. How are you and your mom different? She has blonde hair, I don't. She works most of the time and I play most of the time. That way you don't have the same eye color. She cooks very well and I can't. He has big hair and I don't. I wake up early and mom uh, wakes up late. What is your favorite thing about mom? She's pretty. She always hugs me. That she takes me fun places. That she loves me. She says I love you. That she loves me and she takes care of me. How do you know your mom loves you? Because she tells us that every day. Because she gives me a hug and a kiss every night before bed. Because she smiled at me by giving me a hug and kiss. I know why, because she gives us kisses. Because she always makes macaroni, because I love that. I love you, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. Love you, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. I love you, Mom. You're the best. Happy Mother's Day. I love you. I love you, Mommy. Well, Happy Mother's Day. I tell you, there's nothing like a mom, and I just want to extend Happy Mother's Day to my mother who's watching online. I wish that we were together 
this year, but we're not. Maybe next year we'll be together. Maybe you'll be here. We'll be there or something. And also to my wife, the mother of my four children, happy Mother's Day to everyone. I tell you, that video was so amazing. And you could almost, I'm like tearing up watching it again. You know, it's almost like mic drop. We can be done. That says it all. You know, there's just nothing like the love of a mother. And, you know, throughout everything you have in your life, no matter where it's ups or downs or whether it's good or bad, you know there's one constant thing you can always depend on, and that's your mother. So once again, I'll probably say it 500 more times, but once again, happy Mother's Day. Well, in, in leading up for this, this week's um, service, I, I was watching, of course, through social media and posting a few things here and there, and I, I ran across a post from Dr. Holler that really cracked me up. And if those of you who know Dr. Holler will appreciate the humor there lies within. And he says, for Mother's Day, the pastor brought a mom up to the front and asked her on her, and put the mic right in her mouth and asked her, if you had to do it all over again, would you have kids? And she said, without hesitation, yes, but not with the same ones. Anyway, that is for you guys. Um, Certainly, that is not my mother's response. She's perfectly happy with at least the first choice that she had. No, I know. My brother's there with her. So uh, she's happy with both of her children. And we're happy with all of our children. People always ask us, which one's your favorite? We know you've got one. and, And Jen thinks that she is that one. But I can tell you truthfully, and I think that my mom and Lenore and most mothers would say that they're all unique in their own ways, and they all are special, and there's just no, no way you can really say one's better than the other. Although I can think that in my own mind for, anyway, I'll get in trouble if I don't stop, so I'm going to go on. It's interesting to me that honor your mother is actually the first commandment, it says, with a promise. In Ephesians 6, it says, obey Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now look at this. Verse 2, honor your father and mother. And today we're focusing on mothers. For this is the first commandment with a promise. Verse 3, so it may go well with you. And I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, it did not go well with me if I didn't obey my mom. In fact, I have one of my youngest memories, actually my youngest memories total, of all the ones, are all with me getting disciplined for being this wild, crazy kid. One, I remember running around and mom chasing me, and she caught me, and she um, let me know she caught me, um, if you follow what I'm saying. I also remember being in church uh, as this really young, like, two-year-old, and and mom taking me about the right side, out the back, and I'm saying, I'll stop, I'll be good, I'll be good, I'll be good. Well, of course, you know, that's not the time to change your behavior. The time to change is when you're told to, but... You know, it doesn't go well with you if you don't honor your mother and your father. And I love the next part of that. It says, so you can enjoy a long life. And, you know, one of the funniest things I heard is, you know, Jesse, to plan this first, and I've heard many other people say, the parents say, look, I brought you into this world. I'll take you out. So I think there's even a little bit of humor here in the Bible that if you honor your mother and your father, it's the first commandment with promise that it's going to go well with you, and you can actually live to see that wellness. Anyway, that was very funny to me. It's funnier to me than probably the rest of you. That's all right. But not only is it um, one of the first commandments with promise, it's in the Ten Commandments. So it's in God's top ten things that we need to be mindful of and to, to change our lives. It's right up there with don't murder. Don't, you know, it's up there in the top ten. 
But not only is it there, it's also mentioned again. And it's funny because you would think that you could just say it one time. I mean, it made the top 10. I mean, how much more do you need to say? But even in Leviticus, he says it again in chapter 19, verse 3. Each of you must respect your mother and father, and you must obey the Sabbath. Observe the Sabbath, for I'm the Lord your God. He's kind of putting several of those in there. But I love how he's got it put right there in sync together. So it's even better when you respect your, your mom and, and you go to church with your mom. And so I just celebrate all of you that are, have gone to church with your mom and, and you're celebrating her. It's not just something you're doing just because it's Mother's Day, but it's something you're doing as an honor and a respect. But I recognize that not everything with Mother's Day is happy. And I would be remiss to just let my happiness about my mother and my happiness with my wife as a mother of my children and not also turn our attention to people who are less happy, who have less things to be um, excited for. In fact, today's a very difficult day for many people. I have a friend who put a post on Instagram. We're, we have the picture. We're going to put it up here. Um, and she posted, this is my friend Ashley, and she said, it's coming up, I'll pull it, I've got it also on my phone here. She was talking about her struggle. She said, Mother's Day has a different meaning when you're buying cemetery flowers. Love them while you have them. Think about that. I'm going to say it again so you can see it in your mind. Mother's Day has a different meaning when you're buying flowers for the cemetery. Love them while you have them. Mother's Day can be tough for many and many different reasons. I mean, women have lost babies or a baby, a child, you know, whether it's, you know, while they're carrying it or after the fact. And and some have lost a child to death. Some have lost a child to an addiction, and, and they're so far away, and, and you, they may say they're still living, but in, in, in so many ways, they're dead. Or maybe the opposite is you've lost your mom. Maybe she's no longer with you, and you think on this Mother's Day, I wish that I could call my mom on the phone. I wish I could be with my mom in church. There's many situations that you may wish were different. And I want you to know that we're sensitive and caring for each one of those situations. Several years ago, we were working with a Spanish church in, in Florida, and, and we had the encounter weekends, and we would go away for a Friday, Saturday, a Sunday, and we're going to bring that into, into what we're doing here in the, this coming year. In Jesus' name, we're planning on doing that. And we're going through this, the, the, the planning stages of that to try and get all that worked out. But it, it's an amazing time that you can go and just just experience God. So one weekend all the men go, and then another weekend all the women go. And this one particular year, this one particular month, we planned the women's encounter on Mother's Day. It landed. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Pastor Joe, 
Why in the world are we doing this? I mean, we have 120 women over here. You know, many of them are daughters are missing their mom. And many of them are moms that they're missing their kids. And, and, and it's just like, oh, why are we doing this? Like, Brother Kev, I just know this is what we're supposed to do. And as we got there, and Sunday morning at this time, we're, we're doing a message. And Pastor Gadena says, you know, I just want us to focus on Mother's Day. And not just on the encounter itself, but I want to honor you. He goes, but maybe, and he mentioned some of the things I just said. He goes, you know, there's, there's two pastors here. There's myself and Pastor Kevin. He goes, and we just want to just pause for a minute. And if you don't have your, your mother that you can go and give him a hug, I want you to come and give us a hug. And just let God minister to you. And one of the most amazing things to me is he was on one side and I was on the other and the lines just were there. And I think it went on for almost an hour. And this little old lady that was in her, it had to be 70s or 80s, she came up to me and she could barely, you know, just like hold on and embrace. I was afraid I was going to crack her, you know, and just, I, I just held on to her and she wept so much. She came up to me later and says, you have no idea what God did to, through me to me through your hug and just being there. And, and there's so many situations like that. I want you to know that we're here and we love you. And anyone that needs that hug, go get a hug from somebody today. If you can't get one here, go, go sit, have somebody say, hey, can I just have a hug on Mother's Day? That's amazing. In Proverbs 11, it's 16, it says in the ESV, a gracious woman gets honor. A gracious woman gets honor. So uh, mothers, there's nothing more gracious than a mother. A mother's always pouring herself out and, and letting her, she's denying herself from even day one of the child being born. It's not convenient. It wasn't on the schedule. It's not like, well, let me pencil this in and see when this is convenient for me. And I think about some friends who just had a baby just several weeks ago. I've got two in particular and I sent him a text like two days before. And I'm like, hey, enjoy your great nights of sleep now because in a couple of days you're not going to experience that for a really, really, really long time. But even one of them, after that child being born, was not even a week old. She posted this. She said, I cannot wait to watch you grow up and see who you become. And that spoke volumes to me. This young 20-something-year-old girl gets it. But even in that, her whole life is now shifted, and it's now focused on that child. Graciousness. Proverbs 1, 8 says, Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. It's not just something that they're always shaking the finger at you or they're not always just giving you things to do all the time and, oh, will you ever trust that I know something? No, they're great words of instruction and teaching. They actually are adorning you. They're, they're building you up for the future. Psalms 127, starting with verse 1, says, Unless the Lord builds the house. Now, we've heard this scripture, and I quote it quite often myself, and we do it in the framework of a church, of the work of God in our lives. But as I was preparing this message, I saw it in a different light. 
I want you to follow with me. We're going to bounce around here a little bit with this. We're going to continue on. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. Verse 2, in vain you rise up early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he is the one who grants sleep to those he loves. And the next verse says, children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. So while I do believe that scripture is about building the, the house of God and, and the work of God and, and, and it's the city of the whole bigger picture, children is verse 3. I don't believe that it's just a coincidence. I don't think it's just, oh, and, and then we're going to go on to children. What if we bring this all in together as I believe it was meant to be? And the house it is talking about isn't just God's house, but it's your house. Verse 1, unless the Lord builds the house. So you may have had that child you may have had those children, but unless it's the Lord working with you to build that house, you're going to labor in vain. Verse 2, in vain you'll rise up early and even stay up late. And that describes a mother of nothing else, toiling with food. But he grants sleep to those he loves. Verse 3, children are a heritage. But I love this. It's not for me. It's not all about me, but heritage are from the Lord. And offspring, a reward from him. And, and I'm, I'm not really sure, and I didn't dig too deep into this, and I might be straying a little bit into heresy, but I wondered if children are the heritage from the Lord and offspring are the offspring from those children, and they're the reward. You know, I heard so many people say, man, if I knew grandkids were so great, I would have had them first. And I'm not there to experience that myself personally, but I can imagine you don't have all this, the struggles and all the, ah, uh, all the turmoil that goes with that, and they're rising up early. You just get all the good stuff. So I just wonder if that offspring is a reward, is actually grandkids grandchildren but anyway i will leave that one alone and next i had a video but it it didn't work out but i had a video of all the funny things that moms do and and it's so hilarious i wish i could show it to you um it's very funny to go and just google on youtube um all the different funny things of videos that are out there moms trying to keep up with their kids on skateboards and and just oh it's america's funnest home video stuff i mean it was just really really funny. And I meant to bring that in the middle of this to bring levity. So it's not just the, oh my gosh, there's some people that are experiencing pain today and we're sensitive to that. And we don't want to just bring everything down to that level. We want to rise you up out of that. We also don't want to just look at all the, the seriousness of how, how uh, you've got to listen to your mom. You've got to follow through and you've got to do all these things. But I want us all ha also have the levity of that's why I'm kind of ex just explaining it to you. But God has a sense of humor. God has everything in order, and even in him helping us to build our house, it becomes this wonderful experience that we look back in our last moments at our life and think, man, 
some of the greatest moments I had, my mom was involved. My children were there with me. And someday we'll experience, and I'll experience, grandchildren and great-grandchildren and just all the different things that go in with that. But I want us to see in Titus chapter 2, starting in verse 3, that there's more to it than just the fun and the games or the, the, the toiling through being the young mom like my friends are that are going through this. Like Lenore and I were so many years ago. It seems like it was yesterday, but, you know, it can't be when Alex turning 30 this year. Anyway, verse 3, it talks about now how we're to live our lives and putting order. He says, likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach. But I want us to look that if we don't see a purpose in our life, and, and women, if you don't understand a purpose in your life, it can just be the things that we see. Our gaze can drop down to just the things that are going on. And it's easy for us to begin to slander. Oh, did you see that person over there did that? Or this one over there is like, I can't cope. I can't deal with all this stuff. And it could even turn to coming to an addiction of, of drinking too much wine or drinking too much of this. Or there's plenty of other addictions that can go and, and take you away from what God is trying to do. I love, but it doesn't just give you the negatives. Don't, don't, don't. But I love what he says. But teach what is good. So there's a transition that happens as you become older that it's not just about you trying to chase the little kids around and, and keep all the toys off the ground so you're not stepping on them in the middle of the night or getting them to pick up their toys before they go to bed or to make sure they do their chores and all these different things that when you get through with that and go, ah, I made it through that, but now what do I do? It says, teach. But who are you supposed to teach? Verse 4. That they can urge the younger women. So they're to teach the younger women. But you see, this is where it ties back into that other scripture. Unless the Lord is the one building that house, the older women are to help the younger women experience the Lord building their house. Encourage the younger women to love their husbands and their children. And can I tell you that from sitting on the other side of the desk, trying to be a counselor and a pastoral counselor for many, many years now, and hearing the different stories and the different struggles that are there, young women, people who are just starting out their life and trying to make it all cope and trying to figure out how is this all going to work? I've got too much on my plate. It's not working out like I thought. They need the encouragement of someone who's walked that road before them. And you hear me say all the time, but I love what my wife says. Over and over again, Lenore said, and this is probably the most famous thing that I think she's known for, is saying that all things are common to women. What I'm, Lenore's saying, what I'm going through this week, you may have went through last week, or you may go through next week. But we're all going to go through the same things. 
And that's where the younger women need the older women. Someone who's been experienced say, oh, honey, it's going to work out. I, I, I went through that same thing and them crying in the night and you feel like you can't feed them enough. Or how about discipline? I mean, we had a child, Andrew, that was just so difficult. And, you know, when he was three, four, five, and Lenore's like, I, I disciplined for this and for this, and then he did it again, and then he did it again. How many times do I have to discipline him? I'm like, you got to keep disciplining him until he gets it. She goes, but I'm getting wore out. I'm like, exactly, but you don't stop. It, it was even funny. She, she thought it was the funniest thing in the world because everybody in the church, in the big church that we were in, we had a mall down the center with all the kids' rooms on the side and the big sanctuary at the end, and she would be dragging Andrew out, and even as I talked about my mom dragging me out of church, I guess it's something generational. Lenore's dragging Andrew out, and he's crying, and he's pitching a fin. Mommy, no, 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 no. She takes him into the nursery and goes through the steps of discipline. And, and we don't believe just in spanking your child, but we go through a lot of different steps that, you know, we explain to them what they did, and we explain to them where repentance comes in, and we talk to them, and we ask them to ask for forgiveness. And you know, there's discipline involved, and then there's praying and asking God to forgive. And then there's the, the, the what we call the ooga-boogas that we would take home and we'd have fun. And Andrew would come out bouncing and happy, and everybody would just shake their heads like, this kid was pitching a fit so hugely when he's walking in, he walks out, and he's happy-go-lucky. She goes, how many times do I have to go through this? I said, you got to keep going on. Younger women need to be encouraged to love their children to love their husbands. Verse 5, to be self-controlled and pure and to be busy at home, to be kind, to be subject to their husbands, so that no one, I love this, I had this highlighted, so that no one will malign the Word of God. And that word malign literally means to speak lightly of or profane. So as we're saying, hey, we have Christ in our lives, and we're walking through lives and other people are seeing us, sometimes we need some encouragement to help us stay on that path so that when other people look at us and, and see what's going on, that the Word of God is not spoken lightly of, oh yeah, you're a Christian, look over there how your, your kids are more out of control than everybody else's. Or they'll profane the word of God. 1 Timothy 5 says, Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if, you were, as if he were your father. Treat young, younger men as brothers. In verse 2, older women as mothers. So even if someone isn't a mother, and she's experienced a lot of life that she's now in an older stage of her life. And, and I love in the, the bumper video how the, they asked, you know, how old is your mom? And, and the one's like 16, and I, one of the other kids, you know, given numbers, and the one that cracked me up the most was five, and then she's this many. So I guess she's zero. You know, I'm sure she loved hearing that one. You never, never want to ask a woman how old she is, of course, but an older woman still treat her as a mother with that respect. And I love the next part too. And younger women as sisters with absolute purity. See, the Word of God is giving us instruction how to treat the women in our lives. And it's this pedestal of respect, of dignity, and of honor. But even as we're looking at the different scenarios with mothers 
and women. And some humor. I'm really moved by the great example that Jesus gave us in everything. But in John chapter 19, let me just kind of paint the picture here for you. Jesus has gone through his life. He's completed the work of what he's sent here to do by the Heavenly Father. He's now being crucified, paying for our sins, and we've talked about that a lot in the last few weeks. And now in his last moments of life, living life as a human person, living life as a son, he is not still focused on the great work that he accomplished. He's not so focused on saving the world, and that sounds so like a comic or like an Avenger movie. But he literally is in the middle of saving the world. Not just the present world, the world from that point through now, through the end of all time. He stops. Verse 25. Near the cross, Jesus stood. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother. Jesus is up there hanging on the cross, dying, about to breathe his last breath. And there is his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, and Mary Magdalene. Verse 26, and when Jesus saw his mother there, and the disciple whom he loved, which this is John who's given this count of this, and John is the one that Jesus says he loved. And, and this is John not patting himself on the back, but kind of talking about, hey, this was me, but I don't want it to say about me. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple he said, Here is your mother. And from that time on, this disciple, again, this is John writing about himself, took her into his home. Jesus, as he's breathing his last breath, wasn't just so focused on everything else, but he took time to go, okay, I'm going to pause everything. And I'm not going to let my mother go through this alone. It's terrible when a mother has to see her son be buried. We're never intended to bury our children. And here she is thinking all these great things and not understanding like no one else understood the thing of Jesus giving his life that he was going to be raised from the dead. But even in that, he knew he was going to be raised from the dead. Even him knowing what was going to happen in the next three days, even though he knew that he's going to be back there walking amongst them in a resurrected body, he still was concerned about his mother. See, God is also concerned. In closing, I want you to look at one more story with us from the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. John chapter 2. The next day, there was a wedding celebration. This is the first miracle that Jesus did. 
in the village of Cana in Galilee, and Jesus' mother was there. So Jesus' mother, Mary, was part of helping pull this whole wedding off. And so Jesus and his disciples, verse 2, were also invited to the celebration. And the wine ran out during the festivities. So Jesus' mother told him, there is no more wine. Four, verse 4, he says, dear woman, that's not our problem. And my time hasn't even yet come. I haven't even been released fully into what I'm supposed to do. And his mother, like so many other mothers, didn't even listen to what he says. And she turns and says to the people, the servants that are there at her command, and says, do whatever he tells you to do. And I encourage you to go read the rest of the story if you don't know the rest of the story. But they gathered up some, some big... Um, huge pots and filled them up and everyone knows the story of Jesus changing the water into wine. But I want you to see what Mary said. Do whatever he tells you to do. Will you bow your heads with me? Mary, the mother of Jesus, said, do whatever he tells you. Can I tell you that that don't, doesn't only apply to turning water into wine for a celebration of a wedding. But it even comes into how we live our lives. And Jesus tells us that he is the only way to the Father. In fact, that's the reason the Father sent him, because he was the way. He became the, the bridge for us to be able to go to the Father. For the one whose mom has gone on to eternity, that your mom isn't with you anymore as much as you would wish you could call her today, the best way to join is to spend eternity. Accept him today. For the one who's lost a child, the way to spend eternity with that child is to accept Christ. What better day and time than today? On Mother's Day. So my question is, where do you find yourself today? Have you done what is necessary? Have you accepted Jesus? Have you surrendered your life to Christ? I would like to personally invite you to say this prayer with me. Are you ready? Let me lead you. Say, Jesus, I thought I could do it all on my own. But I've made mistakes. My life's a mess. I need you. I ask you to come live inside of me. Save me. Change me. Show me what and how to do it. Today I'm changing my mind and not living by what I see but I'm choosing to transfer my trust to you and not what I've always done. But I choose to trust what your word says. I put my faith in you. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Father, I pray for everyone who prayed that prayer. Maybe it's the very first time on this Mother's Day. Or maybe it's a child that's walked away and now is coming back. And what a great celebration. Father, I pray for everyone who made that decision. 
I pray, Lord, that even while all of heaven is rejoicing when even one person comes back, that they'll understand and they'll be so excited for this new life that lies ahead of them. In Jesus' name we pray. In closing, if you prayed that prayer with us for the first time and for another time, Michael's already mentioned to you that we're kind of changing the way we're doing everything and going to electronic method. Would you text the word NEXT, N-E-X-T, to the number that's associated with our church, the 469-289-1114. Even those of you who are watching and listening to our podcast after the fact, we'd love to hear from you that you made that step, that we can follow up with you as well. And I love hearing all the different stories. Type the word next, text the word next to 469-289-1114. We would love for you also to send us in your testimonies and invite people to join you in watching with us and joining with us in person. And for those who've, who've asked, you can also be a part of the success financially of this ministry by going to givetobelong.com. And as we're closing, if you'll go ahead and stand to your feet, and we're going to wrap this up really quick. Um, last week, I talked about Amber and how we're trying to raise money, and she was able to get the money came in sufficient for her to be released out of jail and for her bond and, and the things that she needs. And the only thing we're focusing on now is trying to get the money so that she can get all of her stuff out. She has just a little bit of time left, or she's going to lose everything that she had before she was incarcerated. So anyone that wants to also participate with that above your tithes and offerings, please, again, send it to givetobelong.com and just in the comment line, just put for Amber and we'll make sure she gets all of that. All right, you're standing already. Let's pray. Father, I just give you all the glory and all the honor and I thank you for what you're doing. Lord, I thank you for mothers. I thank you for my mother. I thank you for my wife as a mother. Father, I thank you for every mother that's listening, that's represented here, for everyone that's helping us and their mother. Lord, thank you for giving us such a personal, awesome person to walk through life with. That no matter what anyone turns their back on us, no matter what anyone rejects us, that the mother's love is always steadfast and constant a great picture of God and his love for us. Lord, we give this all to you and bless all the mothers this morning. Father, bless all of the connection cards that have come in, the people have responded through the text messages, Lord, all the prayer requests that have come in. And Father, everyone that paid their tithes and, and gave to the work of the Lord this week, Lord, we speak a blessing over them. For Lord, for Amber, Lord, I thank you that she's able to get out. And God, I pray that the rest of the money will come in and the things that we're believing for. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Happy Mother's Day.